This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession podcast with Chef Mary Mammoliti. To me, this is what French French food is like. It's all delicious. It's always delicious. It's always delicious. But kind of like passing by, you have the same white wine, cream butter, shallots, garlic, rosemary, thyme. You know what I mean? Like peppercorn. You kind of have those those linear linear tastes, and then you bring Asian food to it, and you add ginger, lemongrass, chilies. Um, coconut milk, uh, curries, and, and corianders, and star anise, and cinnamon, and also then now your your flatline is doing this, and that's exciting. And that to me is like that's the best part of food, right? It's like it's it's an experience that changes every time you have a bite, and and that to me is really where I found myself. And I'm not saying it's the best in the world; it's just the best for me. That's Chef Romain Avril. He's a Michelin-trained chef, entrepreneur, and Canadian media personality. Hi, Romain, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So before we get into it, I want to break the ice with two questions and a game that will help us to get to know you a little bit. What's your biggest pet peeve? God, I have so many. Um, <laughs> I have so many, but I think, um, wow, which one should I pick? Um, I just... I'm going to go in the kitchen. Like, I, I hate when people don't fold their towels. Like, I like somebody very neat. I like things to be away. And that goes in my own kitchen as well. Um, actually, the worst one is when people carry in kitchens, when they carry the towel over the shoulder. That absolutely drives me completely bonkers. So I'm going to go with that one. Okay, you need to elaborate on that, please. Well, like, it's just, to me, like, you have a towel so close to your face, so close to your hair, and then you're going to use that to cook with. You know what I mean? So, like, in kitchens, like, this is one thing every time I see it, like, on somebody, or, like, you know, when they're flipping that towel back on the shoulder, that's one thing that anybody that has worked with me or for me know that that is not allowed in the kitchen, right? It drives me crazy. It's like those little things, right? But, like, I'm super crazy in that sense. Like, I'm very meticulous and then very, like, you know, that's the mission okay, in me. What about hanging the towel off your apron string? That's fine. So, like, what I have, what I have in my kitchen, anybody can do whatever they want. At the end of the day, like, I'm not a tyrant as long as it's not on their shoulder. But I usually have them fold and tucked in the back, right? So, like, you always have the towel ready. So, if something's hot, you can pick it up. I'm yeah, the same. On the side of, yeah, side of the towel is fine. It's not like the best. It's not the prettiest, but I'll accept that. <laughs> I'll allow yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm the exact same way. I'm the exact same way. So I'm just messing with you here. <laughs> neat, neat freak. Neat freak. Yeah. <laughs> what is the best compliment that you can give yourself? Uh, resilience. I think that's kind of like one of the quality that especially given what happened when I was 15 it was my second time in a professional kitchen. So I started cooking at 13. So that would be like my second um, stage. Um, it was like a summer summer stage or whatever with, with school. And then the sous chef uh, kept bullying me, right? Telling me like I had no talent. I will never go anywhere in this industry. I should quit um, and so on and so forth. It made me cry and, and all, right? And um, every time I achieve something, I always think of him. It's just like how I didn't, you know, cave in and gave up and kept working. And I feel like this is something that's been following me through all my life. It doesn't matter how bad you're kicking me. Like I'm always coming back up. Right. And then further, furthermore, trying to, to, to go ahead. So that's kind of like one thing that 
I appreciate that about me. It's just otherwise I wouldn't be where I am for sure. Oh, absolutely. And just the thought of being 13, 14 and having um, someone whom you look up to yeah. saying that to you. I can't even imagine what that it's, would feel it's, like. It's it's so hard because, I mean, you're so fragile. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're not even a man yet. Like you're 14, 15. You know what I mean? We're still very much in development. Like our body are not fully grown. Like our brain very far from being it. I feel like I'm still like a child in my head. Um, and it's so hard because, yeah, we are terrible at 14. Like we've been cooking for a year. What do you expect to us to be like absolute like you know, prodigies, like, don't get me wrong, like, that will come with time and practice and, and all. But that's just the wrong way of teaching. And that's the old school way. And that's the one I'm completely against. So yeah, never again. All right, let's play a round of this or that. I'm going to give you two options and you choose the one which best suits you. Sounds good to me. Morning person or night owl? Definitely night owl, 100%. <laughs> Mild or spicy? Spicy. Okay, french fries, ketchup or mayo? Uh, ketchup. It's hard, <laughs> I love it's the hard. sigh there. Because, <laughs> you know, it's just like, uh, I don't know, I like both. But yeah, it depends. It depends. But yeah, let's say ketchup. For the okay, this one's going to be tough. Croissant or baguette? I'm going to go with, surprisingly, with baguettes because it's just more versatile. So you can just have it with, like, more things. So it's more of a rational question versus then like I love croissant. <laughs> See and, and there's the chef coming out. <laughs> you were born in France, yep. moved to the UK, and yep. then moved here to Toronto, That's Canada. It. So look help me fill in the blanks. So what was the appeal of these cities? And why did you choose UK and Canada? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like circumstances more than more than anything. So uh grew up in France, born in Paris um, we moved, my parents and, and my brother and I, we moved back to the West Coast of France when I was seven. Um, so I don't know, both my parents are from the West. Um, so I guess they wanted us to, well, they wanted them to be closer to their family. And I think they wanted to have, for us to have a different life, you know, like Paris, big city, um, with everything that comes with it versus the beautiful beach town, very relaxed, very chill. So very grateful for, for that, for sure. Um, and then grew up as a kid, always loved food. Definitely a, a chubby kid, um, always eating, always eating, but always a love for all food. Um, not the kind of kid that eats fries and burgers. I think I had my first burger at like, well, like 12, 13. So it was pretty, pretty late. Um, but, you know, the kid that eats the broccoli and then the cauliflower out of the, the kids, you know, beside him play. I was like, I don't eat those. I don't eat Brussels sprouts. So I always had an appetite for different things. Um, and then at 13 years old, um, every summer I used to go and summer camp um, with my with my dad work. And that summer was horse back riding and tennis, I think. And um, but I would go and help um, the um, the lady in the canteen uh, prepping our meals. So I would be like, I don't know, like whatever, horseback riding is cool, but I'm gonna be cooking with you. And I was horrible at it. I still remember slicing tomatoes and and I think I made brownies for all my um, my mates, and then they were so happy. And I was just like, wow, the power that I have, especially because I had a tough upbringing, because I was not like. I was like the chubby kid. I was not like, I didn't have much style. I was not the prettiest. So it's, it's tough, you know, when you're, when you're a kid, you get bullied, right? So, but the power that I had when I put those brownies down and people looked at me like I was just like the best thing they've ever seen. 
like made me realize the power we had with cooking and through food. And I think to me, that was kind of like something that ticked like a light bulb that just went on in my head. And, um, and I did my, so after high school, so we are 13 at the time, we have one week where we get to choose any job. And then we're going to go into that company for a week to see if we like it as something that's the right path for us to get on. So I did it in the kitchen and it was hard. It was really hard because 13 years old, you knew absolutely nothing about life and you were there with, you know, a busy kitchen, like adults and everything. So I did that for a week. And at the end of my, so at 14, at the end of the year, um, usually people go to either literature or math or science. And I was just like, no, I want to go into a professional uh, cooking school. And then my uh, teachers were like, absolutely not. Um, cooking is for idiots. Um, you're good at school. Uh, you should definitely like choose a different path. And I'm like, well, why? Like, what does that mean? Like, you can be intelligent and be a chef. What is that like horrible thoughts that people have? But that was in the two. Th- it was 1998, roughly uh, before. Not yeah, just 1999. So it's 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 a while ago, but not that long ago. No, not that long ago. Not that long ago. Think. And, um, and so my mom fought for me my mom was just like, no, absolutely not. This is what he wants. This is my mom's a teacher too. So it helped. Um, and she was like, if that's what he wants, that's what he wants. So, uh, did my, my degree and we started learning, uh, Cantonese. Um, and then the goal is for us to go to Canton for four months, uh, learn literally Chinese cooking in China. So perfect. Great. Awesome. And then about three weeks, a month before we going, my visa get denied. So all of my schoolmates, they all get their visa sorted out. Perfect. No problem. But me, it doesn't work out for me. So again, resilience. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I got to find a placement where, which is outside of France and it has to have some sort of Asian connotation to it. So I applied to a three mission star Japanese restaurant in London um, they told me like, we are sorry, like we cannot accept you because we're only hiring Japanese chefs, completely understandable. And um, they're like, however, we have this two mission star literally across the street, uh, same company and it's French, Asian uh, and molecular. So I'm like, at this point, I don't have the choice anyway. So sign me up. Um, so I went to London, started working at a two star. Um, it was supposed to be three months and go back to France, which I did to pass my exam. And then I, I flew right back, well, I drove right back to, to the UK. And um, I spent four and a half years. Um, just, it was different, you know, like I, and my English was really bad too, because the problem in the UK, you have so many French people. So you, you're being lazy. My girlfriend at the time was also French. So my English was not really improving. And it's really hard to live in the UK. Um, like the money isn't good um, as a cook, as a chef. So I was just like, okay, I need like a different experience. And that's where Canada comes in. So we are now year 2010. And um, and when I was 18, uh, when I was still at school, we had um, an exchange with other students from Montreal. Um, and then we went to Quebec. So I already had a view of what Canada was like, uh, different culture, different type of atmosphere, bigger, bigger cities, bigger country, the people were different. Um, and I was like, you know what, France and Canada have such strong relationship. I'm going to go for a year and a half, sign up for a visa. Being a chef literally took two seconds because there was such a need for that. Um, there we go. So I embark uh, with my two luggage, come into Toronto, Toronto, because I wanted to speak English. That was also something I really wanted to focus on. 
and uh, well, a year and a half uh, turns into twelve and a half years now, uh, and me getting the citizenship, so and being uh, French and Canadian, and uh, being very happy about it. And we're happy that you're here. <laughs> I appreciate that. And today, what would you say your specialty is? In terms of food, my, I mean, I think the two star worked out really. I found myself um, so like that love for French food and Asian food. I think those two cuisines just match uh, to perfection. Um, you have the French classic technique where, where, where we've learned the terroir, learning about the ingredients, and then you have. But French cuisine is to me very one noted. Um, you kind of like live. I was used about the flat line, you know what I mean? This is, to me, this is what French, French food is. Like, it's all delicious. It's always delicious, it's always delicious, but kind of like passing by. You have the same white wine, cream butter, shallots, garlic, rosemary, thyme, you know what I mean? Like peppercorn. You kind of have those, those linear, linear taste, and then you bring Asian food to it. And you add ginger, lemongrass, chilies, um, coconut milk, uh, curries, and, and corianders, and star anise, and cinnamon. And also then now your, your flat line is doing this. And that's exciting, right? Because your your math is like always, and your brain is always thinking. It was like, oh my god, this is happening now. A second bite, boom! I got that. You know what I mean? And that to me is like that's the best part of food, right? It's like it's it's an experience that changes every time you have a bite, and and that to me is really where I found myself. And I'm not saying it's the best in the world; it's just the best for me. Mm -hmm. Now, how would you describe to someone who doesn't understand what gastronomy cooking is? Well, I think it's just having a deeper search into the ingredients, um, but also balance. I think that's the word I use the most, um, is to find a balance between between flavors. You know, when you cook at home, it's like, is it tasty or is it not? It's kind of like where you're at. Is there enough salt? But we never are like, oh, is there enough acid? Should we add some sweetness? Is it better? I mean, like, are we looking for the umami? This is not verbiage they're using in the kitchen. So I think this is the first thing. It's like the the search, the constant search of the ultimate taste. I would say that's the first thing. And then you have the precision, you know, like when you cook at home or in a regular restaurant. Well, if every cube is not one by one, it's not the end of the world. So you have that constant search for perfection. I think that's the second thing that kind of like differentiate like gastronomy than, 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 than food at home or in other restaurants is that always looking for that, that perfect, 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 perfect plate. So perfect taste, uh, perfect plate, perfect balance, and also looks. I think um, a plate just looks beautiful. And and it's always one thing I've always said, is like it costs nothing to make something look beautiful. It just takes a bit of uh, brain thoughts. But that's, again, the research of pretty much when the plate comes in, you look at it and you're like, wow, I, I'm salivating. I want to eat that. And it doesn't mean you can have a plate of fries and feel the same way. But I think it's a different experience. Like it's more about feelings, um, and then like take embark you in an adventure, and then you eat it with your eyes first. Then you smell it. it. Smells amazing, and you taste it. And you're like, oh my god, what is going on? The textures are so incredible. I am now in a different world, and that's happening with food. And when you're able to bring that into into people's mind, I think like this is a great achievement, and I think this is what haute gastronomy is looking for: is to really bring because we're not just cooking it was like oh here's a plate of food you're hungry eat it's more like no 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 like let's embark you on a journey and it's going to be a great trip and we're going to do that with just a few ingredients i'm mary mamaliti and you're listening to the kitchen confession podcast today i'm talking with chef romaine avril okay now i need to tap into your online series because on instagram if guys if you're not following him please do um you will find so much information but there is 
a series that I've been, there are two that I've been watching recently of yours. One is, what's the driving force behind the online series of croissant, I want to say it like the way you say it. I say it wrong. Say it again. (laughs) Croissant. Croissant. Yeah. Reviews. See, I can, if I concentrate, I can do it. Croissant reviews and your serve it or trash it videos. So where did this come from? Honestly, if I if I truly had the answer, I would love to share it. But I I don't really know. I I think, you know, um, one thing that I've heard a lot is, you know, I love your videos. They're very cool, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think you can you could really get to know me and who I am. Um, That personality, because at the end of the day, like people see us as this person in the whites and they're like, okay, well, that guy's just a chef and then he just cooks. Right. So. And I'm like, this is so not who I am. I'm a very funny person. I'm like, like very goofy. Um, and that doesn't really transcribe into the screen when I just like look at me, like doing some crazy stuff with food, learn how to make it cool. Bye-bye. And, um, and I went to France uh, for Christmas to see my family. And I was just like, okay, they don't have a super great kitchen. The angles are horrible. Like, I'm not going to be able to film any cooking videos. So I cannot just spend three weeks without creating any content. Otherwise, I'm going to be behind. And I was just like, okay, what what could I do? I was like, you know what? I'm here for three weeks. I'm just going to have a croissant every day and just review it. And literally had no thought behind it. I was like, this is not going to go anywhere. When I come home to Toronto, this is done. But I did not realize how crazy this thing will get. People getting absolutely obsessed with it. And I think the fact that I'm so harsh, um, not harsh, but like very critical. No, you are. Okay, so I'm harsh. (laughs) Fine. Okay, no, you're brutally honest. I think, okay, okay, you know what? I think this is what it is. There's one thing I can do, and it's the same. I remember my friend and I, we went to a restaurant opening, and we sat at the kitchen, uh, kitchen bar. And then I was trying the food and she was like, stop making faces, stop making faces. I was like, what do you mean? She was like, your face, like, I can tell you don't like it. They're watching you. So I don't realize how, until I edit, how much like, like, you know, how much my faces move when, uh, when I try food or, so I guess, yeah, that, that, that honesty, I think is what transcribing what people like. It's just like, this guy just doesn't put any fluff, right? It it, it says it how it is. When we talk about this these videos that you're doing online right what okay explain to everyone what what it is that you do with it yeah so i go into a bakery um ask them for a regular croissant um so no filling no none of that and i kind of like go back home and look at it like uh it was a diamond you, you know what i mean and fr- find like it or watch and then try to find like any default or quality um, so let's christinate it and, and like really go into the shape, the look of it, you know, the like, how does it look? Is it going to be like a good one, a bad one, just from first thought, look at the honeycomb in the center. Is it good? Is it bad? But also I think wherever I do, um, and the same thing with a servitor trash it, um, when it's a serve, usually I try to explain what's going on. When it's a trash it, I just make fun of it. And people think it's serious, but it really isn't. But when I'm serving it, also, people think I actually don't know. I was like, you realize I already watched a video, right? But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously when I'm serving it, usually there's no talking over the video. So what I'm trying to do, and that's kind of how it started, was me narrating a video because 
great. You see somebody cooking, but you don't know what's going on. So that's kind of like how sort of trash it started. It's just like, hey, this is what the chef is doing. This is the recipe he's trying to achieve. This is what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And the first idea was to really to just serve it all the time. And poor God, mad. I was like, okay, well, when are you going to trash it? And then I was like, okay, let's show a different personality and then try to be funny. Um, but back to the croissant, yeah, it's just trying it and giving like a, a review because I don't know, like at the end of the day, this is who I am. I'm not trying to be a mean person. Like I'm not here to destroy, like, what do I know? I'm not a professional baker, you know what I mean? So like, I'm not pretending to be the best at it, but I know, I've had many, many croissants and I definitely know what a good one and a bad one is. And that's really what it is. And it took off and why well, here we are now, people are just one merchandise. <laughs> I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> How many have you tested? Um, so currently, I have tried 90, 92. 92. So hilarious. 92 different types of croissants. And I have to ask, were there ever any or have there ever been any business owners that have reached out about your reviews? Yeah, quite a few have. And surprisingly, very positively. Um, no okay. one has messaged me to literally insult me. And you know what? My answer would be like, listen, do better. And then I will tell you a croissant is amazing. I mean, I'm sorry. It's on you, not me. Um, no, honestly, so, you know, the, the it's usually from the bad. Some people have reached out, um, but they've always been, you know what? You're right. Like, we know. Like, we could do better or, you know what? Like, I completely understand. And and again, I've told people, I was like, listen, if you are, if you know what the flaws are and you're working on it, I'm happy to do a follow-up and be like, Wow. Like, what a difference, you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, like, I'm here to support my peers. Um, but one, actually, one of the better ones that I reviewed even actually offered me work. So I'm actually consulting for them um, on, like, a savory standpoint. But uh, so it, it has created, like, there's there's been follow-up for sure. Uh, but never, like, in, like, just brutal, like, like, we hate you, we're going to stab you, you know what I mean, type thing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you hit blocked. Yes, exactly. I was like, whoops, <laughs> not going near there again. <laughs> so what would you say the characteristics of a well-made croissant are? Well, I mean, to me, obviously, the taste remains the, like, that first bite, you know, that I mentioned, like, emotions, right? So to me, it has to bring me back to my childhood, but it has to be flaky, fluffy, super airy, and just, like, screams butter, right? Like, you should be, like, literally running in your mouth, being your fingers, and, and just flaking everywhere. If you have croissant crumbs everywhere, this is a good croissant. Um, that's kind of, like, kind of what it is. The rest is more so... It's little things that don't really matter as much. I mean, you know, like I always say, like, is the grease in the bag, you know, because that reminds me of my childhood where we would pick up the croissant. My mother would bring us into the car and we could see the grease at the back of, of the croissant. She would be like, just be careful not putting into the seats. So this is more like a personal memory. Like, I'm not going to like literally say like this croissant is horrible because it's just little things like the shape. At the end of the day, if the shape's horrible, but it tastes amazing, it doesn't really matter. Right. So to me, the taste of it is is really what was the most important and doesn't make you happy. I love that you said that, that the taste is most important, because for someone like me and people in my community, if you're low vision blind, we we lead with taste. <laughs> right. So that to us, when you go to a meal, the most memorable moment of that meal, yes, they look pretty. But when you walk away, you're going to tell someone, God, that food was so good. Absolutely. And then secondary is what it looked like. 100 percent. 100%. I mean, like, and there's nothing worse than the opposite when something looks beautiful and it tastes, and it tastes awful. It's because right. that's, that's, you cannot come back from that. If something looks okay, but it tastes incredible, like, you don't even remember because it's over. Now you keep eating anyway. That's so, right. whatever that's you right. looked like 
two minutes ago, it's gone. So definitely, I don't think you'll ever remember. I, I barely remember how things look, but definitely how they tasted. So absolutely. Okay, before we wrap up and hear your kitchen confession, let's squeeze in one more game. So for this one, just fill in the blanks. I'm always late to blank. I'm never late. <laughs> um, I'm always late um, to check on myself. Blank is how I temporarily escape. Uh, sports. If I could go anywhere right now, I would go to blank. Um, France. I want to try blank. Um, to allow myself more rest. I deserve a gold medal in blank. <laughs> uh, humor. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. There was one that I wanted to ask you. If your worst enemy wrote your dating profile, what would they say? Wow. Um, <laughs> um, French guy, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> to end this off, I ask every single guest... What is your kitchen confession? Do you have one that you can share with us? Yeah, I mean, you know, like it's it's one thing. It's like my recipes. I I don't hold anything back. I'm, you know, we learn from you. Learn from your mistake. Um, and if I have say like one mis one huge mistake that I feel that was very very silly. Um, I was an executive sous chef, so I should have known better. But we we opened a restaurant um, and we were so tired. We were working every day again, working every day, eighteen hour days, like something I don't want to do with my employees. And um, and I filled up the fryer in a brand new restaurant, open kitchen. I filled up the fryer without checking if the, um, the thing was closed. Um, and obviously the oil went everywhere and spilled. Um, imagine like th two hours before opening, literally opening day. And it went onto the restaurant uh, floor that was brand new. And I couldn't believe it. Obviously, we clean it right away and then you take care of it. But you're like, this is literally such a rookie mistake that I've ever done before. That was actually the first time making me that making that mistake. And I've never done it again. I've learned. But um, and that's just but there's like, always that first. You know what I mean? But that's that's a, a 20. How was I like a 28 year old um, that has already like 12 years, 14 years of cooking behind his belt, worked at high establishment. And yet you can make like very, very silly mistake and, and it's good. You know, it's good to make mistakes. I think it's, it keeps you, keeps you in check and then reminding you that you literally know nothing. And I always right. say like, we all die stupid. So may as well try to accumulate um, as much information and as much knowledge as we can before we do so. And as late as possible. Thank you so much. Of this course. has been so much fun. Honestly, it's such a pleasure um, to exchange with somebody that, that understands us and, and lives it. So Thank you for the opportunity. I'm grateful. Thank you so much. It's that time. We've reached the end of another show. Did we get your stomach growling? Head over to kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. Plus, you can check out ami.ca forward slash kitchenconfession for all the latest on the podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and review so we can keep bringing you more episodes you'll love. Our producer and editor is Matt Agnew, and I'm your host, Mary Mamolini. Thanks for listening. 